A Sankarshan Joshi trip. You know what? I am so glad that we are finally doing this. Ever since I heard you on like Manish's podcast, Matukate, I have been like waiting to have conversation with you. So thank you. Thanks to you. Thank you very much. This is um, it is happy to to know that people are interested to hear from you. So thank you. Thank you for giving me the chance. And uh, one of the thing, like the first thing that uh, like. took me aback was your vibrance or like when i saw you on manish's podcast there is there is a sense of uh, uh, how do i put this there is a sense of positivity there is a really uh, there is a charm to you you know and like when i saw you and then you doing bharatanatyam i was like hmm, m- makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think as performing artist we somehow carry that with us um because you do it so often and uh, of course on stage you can't be clumsy you can't be non vibrant you can't be negative right so i think that we somehow we carry that also outside of stage and outside of our dance classes it somehow gets into us and i've heard this very often not only with myself but also with other performing artists just the way they present themselves you know oh yeah this is a performing artist <laughs> i think that uh, there is a partly like do you doing that like you going to the class like that develops and there is also a certain element in you right like even when you are performing on stage there is that side of you that just comes out there isn't like something new that has always been there and probably that just stays out when you just uh, get off stage you just you just touched a very um, philosophical thought within um the only art i know is bharatanatyam so i should fit uh, you know stick to that but you just touched a very philosophical thought within bharatanatyam that i have come to understand after so many years of training and um which is that now it's philosophical so when i say it probably it sounds dumb but <laughs> this is my understanding of that thought which is that in a, when you do bharatanatyam when you not only perform but also when you're training you're training every aspect of you you're not just training your leg muscles your eye muscles or your shoulders or your cardio which happens in many of the sports for example right and um or even many of the dance forms yeah but in bharatanatyam it's beyond that so in bharatanatyam you have nritta nritta means the physical aspects of it the adhus the 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 part of the dance that does not carry meaning need not carry meaning right this is the basic steps that you do the nritya where you have the abhinaya part where you're trying to express something you communicating and in the nritya part is where your mind is being trained right when i have to communicate a story to you of course i have a audio backup but that audio back, backup need not uh be as communicative maybe it's in a different language right and maybe it's in a very simple language but i am giving you the inner meaning of it so i am still the tool of communication and if i am the tool of communication my mind has to set the path so i can take you on a journey with me okay. right okay. so which means i am training my mind so that there is exercise for the mind and then the next step is where your soul is into it hmm. right and that is that third step is what 
every dancer tries to get to. It's difficult. Uh, to get it physically right is already difficult. It takes you 10 years until your body is built to do those kind of movements. To get your mind on one point and stay focused on that and then have somebody else join you in that journey is super difficult. Oh, when right? you say mind, like, could you elaborate on what you mean? Because uh, I feel like since I don't know much about Bharatanatyam, I feel like there... Uh, I don't have a context to like what actually yeah. goes on in someone's mind yeah. when they're doing that. So when you say mind, like, what do you mean? So for example, let's, let's take a very uh, simple Kannada song, right? By Purandaradasa, Krishnani Begane Baru. Everybody knows the song, right? I don't need to dance it for you to enjoy the song. You know the language, you listen to it, you understand what it means, you'll enjoy. What is my purpose there? When I say Krishna ni begre, Krishna ni begre means Krishna come quickly to me, right? Krishna ni begane baro. Very simple. This you also understood, but there could be so many layers of meaning within that, okay. right? It's okay. not directly saying Krishna, you come quickly to me. I could be like such a beautiful. You're so inspiring. You're so beautiful. Can you make me a part of yourself and make me beautiful? That's one thought, one interpretation of that line, right? I am, I'm sad, yeah? Can, can you come into me and bring brightness in my life? Such a, you are so bright and beautiful, bring brightness to my life. So baro, come into me. So there are so many layers of thought which Purandarasara would have actually meant Right, and that is my purpose on stage. That's when I say when I engage my mind. So the intent part, right? Like when you're seeing the line, yeah. what is you as a performer? What is your intent? Exactly. Yeah, and that is the journey I said. I say before I go on stage, I say, okay, today I want to tell my audience that interpretation of that song. That means my mind has to be aligned. I am on the journey, and it's my accountability to take you on that journey and how much I communicate that message with you is where my uh, expertise lies in the dance form mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so that is what I mean when I say you engage it with me and that that involves a lot it involves all your eye movements your body language right where you actually look when you're performing and most importantly to take back from the audience yes and that <laughs> is what the do I am not even anywhere close to that but an expert artist would actually be able to sense the audience and that is where the impromptu aspect comes up oh wow right and that's when the impromptu aspect comes up and says you know what today where the the dancer feels it and she says my audience is ready for this today you know, she builds it up. She builds it up. She keeps testing. And when she knows they're ready for something, maybe very strong, very connecting, she will just go for it. Or if she sees that, oh, my audience is actually very relaxed. Let's have something more fun. So she takes Krishna in a childlike manner. Okay. You know, she might just interpret Krishna as a baby child who is dressing him up and he's running around and, you know, the, the, the child play that you can have. That, that becomes very fun, entertaining. So she senses the audience and she changes it. That is impromptu. 
and that is what the experts would delve into which i don't dare at least as of now i don't dare that um but yeah but that is that is where you put your mind and then so, you have to uh, in any performance like anybody in bharatanatyam do, would you say that there is an impromptu aspect to the art form um depends on the dancer i would say okay depends on the artist um if if you know what what you if you if you've been trained in bharatanatyam if you know bharatanatyam you can sometimes identify okay that was impromptu and it worked right um but when you normally when you have students dancing you you know the certain choreography sometimes the choreographies are very traditional it is rendered in certain like the block swan or you know whichever other ballet performances you nutcracker um you know they have a set choreography you just deliver that set choreography which we do have in bharatanatyam um that is what you mostly get to see but when you know there is an expert on stage you know as a student of the dance you that's what you look for and you learn from that you pick up on that probably a, a normal audience might not get it as much as a student of bharatanatyam would but it is possible but kathak for example my knowledge again that is limited but i know for instance in kathak the improvisation aspect is much more okay there you have much you have much more freedom and you uh, even as a student that is what you learn actually you you learn to become impromptu in kathak and in in bharatanatyam it is a it is a very big milestone to to cross mm-hmm. uh, but the, the, but those are the differences between also and going back to uh, how you were dissecting the art of bharatanatyam right there are different aspect to it like one is the physicality of it like what you perform physically and there is an expression part where you are emoting a certain em- uh, a certain emotion like the first thing the first thought that stuck to me was that like bharatanatyam performances last for a really long time so that means that your cardiovascular ability must be like slightly higher your endurance must be good so basically you are tiring yourself out gracefully like you'll have to maintain that expression right like you cannot show that you know what like i'm tired or you know what like i am i am i need to take a breath yeah. of air like you need to you, you need to have that that gracefulness yeah exactly that's that's when your mind and body comes together right mm-hmm. and that is an experience so um i mean there it is it is actually very well thought and this is this is why i'm so passionate about it you know because the more you understand why certain things are in a certain way you're like wow like how mm-hmm. could you think of something like this so in a bharatanatyam performance we call it a margam okay right a margam means a journey it's a path right and it is set in such there is a certain structure to a margam and a margam goes on for one and a half two hours actually back in those days even two and a half hours and slowly it's now coming down which is sad <laughs> but but like you said to engage somebody for one and a half hour is very challenging for the artist physically and to keep the audience engaged you know to have the audience's attraction and it is structured it is structured in certain way that for example the first thing you do is alaripu alaripu gives you it's basically body warming okay it's a very graceful way for the dancer to warm her warm body up. it's a warm up session right but the audience don't get it but the audience is like a very quick 2 minute thing 
yeah it looks nice it's done but for the for the dancer it's warm up and then slowly as you go through it you start with nritta like like we just spoke about the the physical aspect of it we start with nritta there is like at least two pieces presentations that we do with nritta the third one is a splash of abhinaya not too much not too intense just a splash of it it's a simple delivered abhinaya right just two lines of each of each uh, so, um, sentence in the song it is easy for the dancer and for the audience to follow right so now you see this slowly there is like a splash of something coming and then the, then after that comes a varnam a varnam is is the heart of a presentation the climax and in a varnam it, yes that is the epitome and a varnam goes varnam itself goes on from 30 to 40 minutes oh wow yes that is that is the challenge of a varnam right and a varnam is intense nritta so that is where the actual technique the dancer can show her actual technique in keeping to tat in in body language and in those lines she draws with her body it's a it, that is the piece where she can really show off with that stamina cardio and the abhinaya is also intense hmm avarnam will not have krishna ni begane baro that's very simple as lokadharmi somehow right avarnam will have some something which is much more profound that you want to deliver to your audience okay right? and that is super intense but one will not start with that one will start with an alarik warm up warm up warm yourself and the audience warm 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 build up you hit to that emotion yeah you build up and when you're when you're done with the varnam both the dancer and the audience is like opened up that's that's where you really open up your minds and you are in that space and then you do only abhinaya you do two pieces where you do only abhinaya which means physically you're not as exhausted it becomes easier but your mind is running abhinaya requires a lot of mind games like mind power right but that is the right time to do it because now you've opened up now you open up to imagine the god imagine the king whatever you're imagining explore that space and your audience is ready to join you on that hmm. Hmm. right and then finally you end off with a tilana a tilana is super quick you know jazzy kind of very quick nritta here that jump yeah, the, the the melody is catchy you know it's like giving a nice dessert after a great meal right you know <laughs> you like you know you you watch you watch the tillana and you're like yes that's it i'm done yeah that was it. and i think that uh, like i performed in a certain uh, in a couple of plays so i do love the the art of acting so i am really passionate about that as well so uh, i did this one play in which uh, i there was a lot of things that i had to emote so i played a role of a wrongfully convicted uh, criminal so okay. and like like every time when the practice ends right there would be such a toll on my body because you go through this like emotional roller coaster so i think that people really underestimate uh, what it's like to emote sur- like such heavy uh, and strong emotions right so even when you say that uh, the the aspect of bharatanatyam which is the mind game i think that like people don't know that like people i think that people can't relate to that but i do and 
it is so exhausting like you don't have to tire yourself physically like you just trying to uh, live that that character yeah. you know yeah. it's yeah. very very uh, it is very uh, hard because yes. you have been through that experience like when you when you take something so seriously right and when you when you put yourself in the shoes of the character it's like you have been through what that character is going through like that's how you're going to be right so i understand when you say it takes a toll on yeah definitely and it it's also a lot about how you imagine that character because you have you mm. haven't seen that character yeah, okay yeah. in your maybe i hope you haven't seen somebody like that i hope nobody <laughs> no, went through seen. that kind of situation but generally um you probably wouldn't have seen so you have to imagine i have not seen krishna i have to imagine <laughs> you know how profound he might have looked when he did the gitopadesha to arjuna it's my imagination so i have to think about that first and then try to communicate implement that in my body and then try to ensure that i'm communicating it right you know it's it's yeah. it's a lot and and who who's for, for us it is the guru who is so instrumental in making that happen Hmm. in 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 you know just allowing us to imagine and catching us back if we are out of our pace seeing that if we are able to communicate that right and that's that's where the guru plays a profound role i mean that's i think it is with every art form right any classical art form or even folk but the guru becomes instrumental that that's where the guru is yeah yes and also uh Uh, i was telling you on the call right like when we had an introduction yeah. call so i i told you that my sister uh, would perform yes. bharatanatyam like she trained in that for a couple of years and their performance would last for like one or two hours and during this performance their guru was actually sitting at a end of the stage singing throughout the performance it in a way uh, like guru is taking a toll on their body they are creating a structure around like, which you take as a foundation for your performance right yes yes so becomes he, uh, she or he becomes actually the conductor of mm. the whole thing right and she's not just sitting there and singing for all you know she is also giving cues to the other um musicians on the podium with her Hmm. Right? because she knows more about the dance which is being performed so she's cueing them okay next is a jati or you're too fast come down with that right okay now you can do this but she's also conducting that part she's she's the communicator between the dancer and the musicians let's put it that way hmm. that's that's what she does and of course training the dancer for years before that performance but yeah yeah that's See that is that is a traditional format of doing it where the guru is sitting uh, or the guru and the set of musicians are there that's where also improvisation can even happen but nowadays you you don't we don't have the privilege of having live musicians all the time yeah right? so we end up playing a uh, pre-recorded music and you know actually half of the impact of a performance is lost just because you don't have live audience it's just sad but <laughs> the positive side of it is that all of us can just perform now we don't we are not uh, um dependent on live musicians so let's yeah. let's look at it the positive way and 
Yeah, and when and if and when possible, have live musicians. But that's true. That's true. I think that we should not look Bharatanatyam as a as a dance. We need to look at it as a as an art form which is telling a story, right? Like it's it's more of a storytelling, and uh, there, if you look at it from that perspective, this is more like a musical. Uh, if yeah. I can put it that way, but in a very yeah. traditional sense. Yeah, very true. I it it is connected. It is musical, but um, it doesn't always have to be traditional. I mean, you you also see nice, very authentic Bharatanatyam presentations with a with a modern theme, right? Mm. Um, it could be on women empowerment. It could be on modernization. Um, I mean, there are gazillion so much of work done. they take dashavatara and they look at it from a modern perspective kalkya avatara becoming you know how 21st or 22nd century century is going to end um um social issues social causes um yeah so i mean it is like you said it is a tool of communication and the vocabulary mm. you you are given in bharatanatyam is extensive extensive it's like when you when you got when you get a grasp of it you're like oh boy this is so cool like i can communicate anything and that's what is awesome that's what that's what we do with one of my projects i don't know if if you've known about it it's called dance your science um yes. this is a project that i i started with two other colleagues of mine and that's exactly what we do there right we're teaching science using bharatanatyam as the tool of communication but that that so is how how do you do that um so two of us in the team we are uh, we are biologists right i am yes. myself trained uh, to be <laughs> as a scientist and i have my own research topics that i i research on which means i think i have a better understanding of of that topic correct you do Because you I, do <laughs> you're being I, modest I, but you do yeah i mean you don't know what reality is we are just researchers <laughs> we are still trying to figure out what we think might be true and always everything be wrong so um but that's the point but now when you read it when you read about say for example this is what i do vascular biology right when you read about vascular biology from a book of course you will know what are what are the structure of a vessel what are the cells in a in a vessel and what does a vessel do what is the function what happens when it is disrupted everything you will know but to put all of that together right that requires a lot of study that's what we do in a phd and we continue to research and research and you become a expert in that very specific topic now imagine that being told to you in a very artistic storytelling manner where you don't have to read 10000 pages you just have to watch a performance for 5 minutes and you get the the complete feel of it mm, okay. right and that's that is what that is what we try to do with dance your science where students it, the intent is not to not only to teach the science but to inspire them right to tell them now imagine how cool it is right so when they when they finish with the class they should be like oh man i want to learn biology <laughs> yeah you know what like you're setting a foundation uh, it's yeah. basically like there is this gap 
that anybody can fill in with their own narrative and story so you're helping them build a foundation so they can communicate their story right hmm yeah that's how it is and imagine it the way they would imagine it make it make it theirs okay so i tell so everything everything has its own rules and structure like bharatnatyam has its own rule you can't do this you can't do that you can do this you can do that same happens in biology right if this is my endothelial cell it has that structure it will not like that cell coming in but it will like this cell communicating with it it has a rule and these rules are set by the biomolecular mechanisms within the cells and what not but when i now when i tell you okay this is the rule now you imagine so i tell you an endothelial cell is here and there is a white blood cell and they don't like each other okay i give you that rule and then now i tell you now imagine there is a layer of endothelial cells nice very healthy happy okay and there is a heart infarction that happens in that human yeah and because of the heart infarction now there is a storm of white blood cells imagine what happens right this is what this is what we do we say this is the rule this happens this is the scenario now you imagine and you tell us what happens when that scenario kicks in <laughs> right and then when you start to imagine that's when you start to think so how are the cells interacting can they detach can they fall off will they go into the body will they fall into the blood stream will they grow bigger they will die okay what happens after they die are they there are they washed away right Because so the that pro- will reflect on their performance right like that is so let's say if they have to move a certain way then they'll have yeah. to ask right so let's say yes. if a two cells are combining forming one cell probably like that could be uh, like one movement and if they yeah. have to move a certain way then they have to understand if the cell actually moves that way exactly. so in a way yeah. they are cells and however they move they are probably uh, moving how the cells would move for better understanding <laughs> yeah and exactly you got it yeah and that's how that person will actually understand what an endothelial cell does hmm. right because you experience it yourself and in the process of imagining you're asking gazillion questions which only makes you know what you do not know <laughs> yeah yeah it's, you know it that's that's what it is the more you study the more you actually know what you do not know yeah it's not about learning you need things. to ask questions right and especially you need to ask question before you do that now let's say in my school i learned million things and i don't even remember because i don't even know where i have to apply <laughs> them in the real life so let's say whatever you're learning if you're applying it in a performance or could be in a bharatanatyam performance that means that you are asking questions because you will be performing like that will be reflected in your action Yes definitely so there is a action and therefore there is learning for that action right that's one way of of definitely doing it right yeah. and then that learning what you do in that process it cannot be unlearned it it cannot yeah. be forgotten it's an that's experience so yeah, you can't so forget and and uh, whatever the other smaller things you learn with it you'll always apply it in some other aspect oh when i was doing that project you know we approached it in this way and that was better oh, yeah. i'm going to apply that oh yeah yeah you know, yeah yeah right? just this is why arts and science they, they are so rich and for me being an artist and a scientist i you know after so many years of being into it i feel like 
it is not actually separate there is it is one and it is sad that one has to choose if one has to choose between being a scientist or an artist that's a very sad question to ask the person yeah yeah right? there is a lot of science in arts and a lot of artistic creativity you know uh, i feel that pick any art the more yeah. the deeper you study it teaches a way to life so it could be any art form it could be let's say martial arts it could be kung fu it could be karate or it could be let's say acting theater it could be like dance so yeah. when you go deeper when you understand that art form right that becomes a metric on how you perceive life so it becomes a metric so if there is any complex situation you try to relate it with the art form because you have better understanding of the art form it's basically you see uh, life through the lens of that art form definitely definitely and the, you know when you when you venture into studying any art form yeah you end up taking up certain um approaches which are very inherent in just learning the art form what i mean to, for example discipline Hmm. i have to go for my class every friday 5 pm end of discussion right 5 pm my uncle might be home 5 pm i don't know my dog is sick 5 pm i i didn't finish my college classes doesn't matter make it happen <laughs> right but that is discipline and it is not just being there at 5 pm you are there at 5 pm in your practice sari wearing your bindi wearing your earrings this that you're ready and you are in the dress code and you are in the mind zone and that is the kind of discipline required so no matter and that you carry out everywhere else right you have an appointment you have a meeting with an interview with an interviewer you have whatever else appointment make it happen you have to be on time you got to be punctual in your dress code and mind being there in that place yeah so yeah. that's one thing discipline or even even um, um determination right hmm. i'm not getting that one specific movement you train on it you train on it and you train on it for years and years until you perfect it you don't give up and that Being is such resilient. a life, resilient that's such a life lesson to learn isn't it yeah right you try to you you have a certain ambition you want to become that you try it once twice you don't turn around you look for ways okay my body is not adapting to my tattadu in this way let me try it in that way you know similarly let me hit knock on that door let me knock on this door somehow you get there you know and that is a life lesson yeah and to have that being thought in such a enjoyable artistic way hey i mean i think everybody should learn arts <laughs> <laughs> this Any is a by product right this is not something that you learn you don't learn you don't go to a class to learn discipline you yeah. you are learning exactly. this art form and all yeah. of this is a by product and you don't even know that you're picking all okay. those up exactly like i would be so unmotivated if you tell me pranita go for a discipline class now like what yeah. <laughs> like tell me pranita let's go swimming i'm like oh yeah let's do that yeah yeah right. that's so, so that's- true right and also uh like i have a lot of passion in working out and then lifting weights so that is like a really good passion of mine that i i love doing that and theater and acting right like i have been in my college theater club i have been associated with people who are in that art form and 
like there are so many elements that i've picked up from uh, these two things that i apply in my life even without my notice like one of the thing about like workout is i was 86 kilograms like like i was fat and then i came all the way down to 64 65 so it's mm-hmm. like when i have achieved something like that now i know that you know what i can do anything and mm-hmm. for me to reach that place there was a lot of things that i had to struggle with similarly with the dance like a posture or a dance movement right you said that if i don't know this movement i keep practicing until i get that movement right the moment you get that movement right there is a sense of satisfaction that you know what if i can do this i can do anything in the world yeah. <laughs> yes the confidence yeah right confidence that you can do it just that i can dance in front of 100 people i can just the fact that 100 people i have the attention of 100 people for 10 minutes and i i i get a applause at the end of those 10 minutes that itself is a message i take home that you know what i i can i have that kind of a aura or that kind of a vibrance that i can engage 10 100 people for 10 minutes right and that's these are the small things but it do, it definitely gives you a lot of confidence yeah you know like, it becomes only, a way of life like it doesn't yeah. like if you say bharatanatyam is your art form right you yeah. have a bharatanatyam way to your life yes yes very true that <laughs> yeah that's, that's very nicely put i i should use that as a caption somewhere <laughs> this is the this is my bharatanatyam way yeah and that that bharatanatyam is not also defined right yeah. the way i do my bharatanatyam might be different from what you do or what anybody else would do so i think i think that's that's the beauty in in the art yeah. that it's it's not defined you can you know you can adapt it to the way you want it to be yeah because it is you doing right like it is coming through you so it like yeah. if you're doing something then that is your doing that is your way of doing yes yes exactly you're the tool yeah right it, that's what they say art is bigger than the artist anytime mm. you're just a tool to bring out that art and that can be any any way formatted defined designed so that's 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 the coolest part of it yeah and like you said it's the same in everything right bodybuilding or yeah. swimming or you know could be any anything that anyone is passionate about exactly hiking you know i i, I was once talking to a um paraglider and you know and, and for me i was like yeah paragliding is not even it's not even classified as an art it's a sport you know and in my mind i was always like you know art is the what gives you discipline and of course sports also to a certain but paragliding what discipline would that give you but that was such an eye opener when i spoke to him and you know when when i spoke about my experience of being a bharatanatyam dancer and what he taught me um 90% of it is the same lessons he learned from paragliding and i was so astonished he also speaks about resilience and about determination and <laughs> discipline you know doing the back end research there is so much into it right and keeping your body fit keeping your mind fit or oh, have to jump from that altitude from that place whatever you know so when you are in in that scope in that shoes everything kicks in again yeah so yeah for me that conversation was also like an eye opener like you know this is not true only for arts but like you said anything that you are passionate about cooking 
mistake. Anything that you're really passionate about, it definitely gets you there. I think that it, like, when you are passionate about something, right, it taps into a certain side of you. That like if yes. you want to achieve something, if you are if you want to do something, in order to do that, there are a lot of elements that you have to get right, which which are actually more of a life things. So yeah. let's say you want to get better at paragliding, or if you want to get better at dancing, or if you want to get better at cooking, there is a sense of uh, practice and discipline that like you have to keep doing that. The amount of time that you spend into doing that, like you learn a lot of things, right? so true so true so for me that is that is a kind of experience i'm actually going through at the moment okay. right uh, i i don't know if you know about this other project that i do called natya chitra so in this project i am actually um publishing books uh through which i um, you know i bring indian dance in a very simple very approachable way to to the audiences sometimes it it could be intermediate level bharatanatyam students with the second book it is to children right um but my my aim right behind this whole thing is for the reader to see how beautiful the art form is like how i experience the art i want my reader to experience the same right that is my aim and when like you said you know you have that aim and of course it's discipline and all, but then to get to there you start to think about rules what else can you do what else can i do so that person a gets my book hmm. right and then i become an entrepreneur today i i am an entrepreneur right i do arts and i am an entrepreneur right something i thought i will never be into like entrepreneurship was out of my league far away but that's what i'm doing today why am i doing today because i have that passion in me to share my experience with art with everybody that's my passion i'm driven by that and i go mad when i have to do that yeah now i see myself coming up with so many ideas and my family is a very entrepreneurial family i told you that on yes. the call and when i sh- when i discuss this with my family with my mother or with my brothers this they they tell that to me like wow you are talking about this you see that that's how a business woman should be talking i'm like i don't know but i see that is the way where i can give the book to that person <laughs> you see but that is what we are talking about you so passionate right and you you just start to learn things and you experiment and you you just do it because you want that thing so badly Right? If you want to get shit done, you'll figure out a way to get shit done. Like either you can complain about it, either you can whine about how things are not working out. If you want something to badly happen, that means that you will do your research. You will do a lot of things to get that thing happen. Completely. And for the people around you, they will think you're gone mad. Yeah. <laughs> Which you have. <laughs> you're mad. That's why you say you. madly passionately in love that's where it comes right it it's going it's going to get the passion and madness it it goes together but that's how it is <laughs> and it uh, thankfully that passion is not um, uh, not some um, is something positive for the society so so it's it's okay that it happens <laughs> right thankfully but yeah yeah and that's, i that's, think that uh, there is like people depend a lot on motivation to do things to get things done right and especially like you've been practicing you've been 
like embracing this art form for over a decade like i think it's more than that right yeah more than a decade yeah I, and very <laughs> yeah so if you have to keep doing this if you if you have kept doing this for for a long period of time you didn't depend on motivation you didn't depend on the the reward like let's say if you have been looking forward to the few seconds uh, after performance where everybody is appreciating you if you kept looking for that i don't think you would be continuing for this long because it 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 sort of becomes your meditation you know like you do that because that sort of keeps you sane and that keeps you humble because you can never master bharatanatyam you can never uh, like you can you, you you can never get stronger like you like if i'm at the gym after a point of time i get tired like if you are dancing if you are performing bharatanatyam at one mm. point of time you get tired there is a new movement that you don't know you're learning it so it always keeps you humble so that becomes your way of life definitely definitely and and this this aspect of of motivation or reward right that is this so rightly said that's not what you expect maybe as a child you know maybe as a child when you get on stage and you come out and everybody's clapping like oh i like that you know <laughs> but as you as you grow grow up and as you you know experience so many things around you at least with with my personal journey now right um it went from being rewardous to you know having my father's attention all the time because he would love to see me dance right just to get his attention i would dance <laughs> that's reward seeking right that's attention seeking that's a small child in me which i did all the time i used that as a trump card at home right to to have my father's attention so it it starts with that and then it it goes on to doing your arangetram and your family and your extended uh, relatives giving you attention and praising you for it and then what right and then yeah. for, at least for me it, be, it there came into a phase where i was so much into science right and uh, it might sound sound very wrong now but it's a very human attitude to feel jealous right i was in science i would watch other dancers and i would feel jealous right and that was and that for me was like damn it i want to do that i want science but i want that too and why why can i not have that that was my motivation <laughs> back then right so then i would i would be like okay no i'm doing this i don't care right i will i will practice i will give a performance or two here or there i will teach somehow i'll keep in touch right and from there it went on to you know i i came to a phase where i said i want to dance right that was my mental transformation from getting attention to being jealous to coming to a phase where i said you know what it is not about jealousy it is not about attention i am dancing because i like it that's my realization hmm. right and i don't need i need i don't need an audience i don't need a stage that was my realization and this happened at least two or three years back it took me that long <laughs> right but that was my and then what i started to do i i just went to the next temple here near my place and i would tell them i want to come and dance in the temple they would be like yeah but you will not have anybody at this time uh, you know the puja is done people are back home i don't care it's not for the people that i'm doing it's it's for is for the god and me and i do with the 
right? So I started doing that. And now I'm at a phase where I, I don't even go to the temple. I just go downstairs to my studio. And that's my space. I dance for myself. Mm. Right? Then it comes to that. <laughs> and when it comes to that, then you start to ask, but why is this helping me so much? Why, why is it that it is, it is so, why is it I'm doing it for myself? What is it in it that gives me so much of satisfaction? And you realize that. And then you say, wait a minute, this is so cool. I want to share this with this person. You realize right? the part of Bharatanatyam that keeps you going and you want to share that to the world. That's what I want to share. Because when I, then after all that experience, I come back, I come back to reality and I see people are doing, I don't know, just classes because the mother says so. You know, I'm learning a Bharatanatyam piece because you want to go to a competition. That is me 20 years back or whatever, right? But back then, nobody told me that this is a possibility, right? Nobody shared that experience with me. Yeah, that's why, that's why I want to do it today. I want to share my experience with, with the student, with another student. And maybe that will shorten her journey that I had. It took me so many years, right? But that will shorten her journey. It's like, oh yeah, that is actually true. Let me try it already now. And that would be so cool, right? And then in 20 years from then, she would be much ahead than I am in that experience. And that, that is what we need. That's, that's how we give back to the art, right? Yeah, I think that it depends on the individual, on how so they perceive a certain art. Like there could be somebody who, who has been practicing Bharatanatyam or any form of art for like, for like two, three decades. And they could still be doing that for like any reason. Could be money, could be fame, could be like, it's more of an individual. I like, I feel like there is this certain part of spiritual awakening, right? Like when you're performing any form of art and I am sure like there is a spiritual element to your practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, like, Whenever anybody taps into that, right, probably that keeps them going. Like they, that becomes their meditation. So like people either do yoga or people go lift weights or people dance or they sing. Like that becomes their meditation. So they keep or doing walk. that. Yeah. yeah. Or just a simple walk. But that, it, it is, it is very rightly said. It, it becomes your meditation. And, you know, I've been very lucky because you said, you mentioned that, you know, some people many people do it for different reasons, right? And in that perspective, I have been very lucky that I could take the privilege of, of dancing just for myself. I didn't, I didn't have to teach. I didn't have to perform, right? And that's, that's a privilege. Not everybody gets that. I think you had to work on it, right? Like, like do you think that came to you naturally or do you think you had to uh, like work on it? Like, Every time you feel tempted to move in a direction or want, uh, let's say there might be a phase in your life where you're doing Bharatanatyam for something and then you had to stop yourself and think about, you know what, like the basic of why you started doing or did you ever have like a phase? Hmm. Not at all. Not, not with dancing. Not okay. at all. With okay. I mean, I, I've, I've had, I've had chances to perform just after, uh, after maternity. Yeah, that could have been a reason for me to say no. I don't want to do this. But for in my head, I'm like, great, some push I got. Now I better do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or I would I would be getting a chance to perform 
when when I'm defending my thesis or you know giving a conference, uh, presenting at a conference, yeah. But exactly that it comes back to your training again. You know, we are going back to what we foundation. just discussed. The foundation. When I said um, I have Friday five o'clock class, yeah. Sat, maybe the day before I had a big exam. On Monday I have a big exam. No reason for me to skip my class. Parthenatium doesn't care if you have an exam or if you <laughs> if you had a fight with your spouse. <laughs> yeah, the training aspect of it did not care. It demanded my attention. And now when I'm when I'm being trained in that way, yeah, even if it is not required, I'm like doesn't matter. I can still dance. You know, that's my my head is trained. My my psycho is trained for it. It yeah. doesn't matter. See, on November fourth, I have another performance, a Diwali performance, and in the morning I have an interview, right? And this is both of them are they make me nervous because the performance is a is a traditional performance that I'm doing for a Swiss audience, right? Mm. So what happens generally is most of the time also in India is you know people the, the audience is ah oh, Bharatnatyam is boring, yeah. it's slow, long, it's like And what you do as a perform as an artist, what you do, you'll do a tilana, which is like very snappy, quick, 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 dum dum. You know, look, glitter, glitter, and I finished. You know, Bharatnatyam can be fast, right? And my attitude was that no, I will not do that. I will do a traditional one. Yeah, but it is up to me to not bore you. If I bore you, then I have failed as an artist. it's not the art which has failed don't blame the art don't say bharatanatyam is boring this girl pranita when she did bharatanatyam it was boring hmm. that is what is the right way to say it you can't say bharatanatyam is boring correct yeah so i took it up as a challenge and i went to this organize they wanted me to perform for a charity event and i said listen i will perform charity event i don't want anything for this but my only condition is i will do traditional bharatanatyam margam margam is where you do that uh, entire thing of course i am not trained very well enough so i said i'll do half a margam 45 minutes and they were like are you sure this is a completely swiss audience they will not connect with you whatsoever maybe we'll do a singer in between we'll have somebody sing you know maybe we'll have a presentation about india i said no i want strong 45 minutes only for myself that's my challenge and if they are bored i'm extremely sorry i'll do better next time but give me a chance because i don't want to fail my art how did it go it's it's on november 4th so oh, okay. you have to come after that it's okay. it to be in a week and a half right so that's a challenge now and i have to dance for 45 minutes as i have to be like psychologically i should be there physically i should be there the story also like the story that you're trying to communicate Yeah, hmm. I and I need to keep up to what those the organizers had warned me about, <laughs> yeah. right? So I have that I have that stress on this on that day, uh, later half of the day. In the former half, I have an interview for, for a potential job application, right? Okay. That's also equally very stressful. Yeah. Very stressful. I have to now. I have to like prepare for both, but that's coming back to training sessions. I'm trained for it. i am trained to take up two tasks equally stressful right 
and and the way it works inside me is after my training for bharatanatyam i i don't find it tiring i find it relaxing hmm. right i am so relaxed and i'm so contented that now i can prepare for my interview right but that is a phase you have to hit into that's the zone you need to get into and that is why you do training at a very young age it you know it 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 tames you it you know it fixes your psycho into such a way that you become resilient and then it's it's just so it flows in now i if i'll get the job or not that's a secondary thing <laughs> right if i will be very successful in my performance or not that's secondary Hmm. but the fact that i did not deny either of them and the fact that i'm prepared for that day i'm confident to to get into that day that is what is important yeah right that's what i believe in and that's that's what bharatnatyam has has made me come up for that's so true i mean i agree 100% with whatever you're saying and uh, you know i i i'm actually thinking a lot about the part where you said that you know what like uh, the tilana part which is like the fast 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 glittery glittery because that grabs all the attention and like that might be what people might enjoy and there is a certain temptation to move towards that because that is like that would grab attention right and uh, and now with social media it's yeah. so easy to grab attention and uh, there is this temptation to navigate towards things that would give attention right so yeah. uh, the reason why i work out is because that is my meditation and i see like a personal and physical growth when i do that and sometimes i put uh, like clips uh, of me working out which gets a lot of tra- like slightly more traction than my podcast so i am so tempted like every time i'm working out right like do i put a post now or do i put a video because like there is this temptation because that grabs attention right and then i say to myself that you know what this is not why i work out like like i don't work out yeah. for people to so see that, and give me attention yeah. yeah yeah that's that's so rightly put so you just work out and then after that you're like yeah now i feel like this let me just put this out <laughs> yeah yeah so like i am not doing like i'm not like i'm not giving up to the temptation of like grabbing attention like that's why i asked you like did you have to work on that because yeah. th- there is a certain amount of dialogue that happens internally in me where because i am young right like i see a lot of people of my age who are paying attention and uh, there is so much like especially on social media right like you can just put pictures of a dog and become famous like there is no there is no like foundation there is no hurdle to become famous like it's so easy now to become fame and when you see people around you seeing that as cool or like giving attention to that there is a huge temptation mm. Yeah see but but for me that was not at all a problem because when mm. i was growing up we didn't have so much of it for me social media is a pain i'm like <laughs> when i have to give a performance and the organizer says please submit a 2 minute video i'm like ayyo now go do a video I'm like can i not just do it in my practice sari in my dance studio it has to be some nice green around it seems i have to do it in that and that framework it seems i'm like ayyo bye <laughs> for me it doesn't i you post it you don't post it i don't get likes i don't care <laughs> i literally don't care right but i can understand for for um, people of your age you know this could be a dilemma i can understand that for me it was never 
yeah. you know, I've gone past that phase. <laughs> but but you know, for for people like, and I'm I'm so happy to hear from you that you know your intent stays clear. I'm doing my workout, and I think that is what is more important rather than what am I wearing so the photo comes well when I'm doing my workout. That is, yeah. I think. you will not get too far it will be nice of course you have to do that but you will you wouldn't get too far between you and your workout you're not going to get too far yeah yeah that's so true that's that's 100% that's your intent yeah then you're yeah. not i think that uh, i think that like people think that you should not have negative thoughts or people think that you know what like they will feel guilty for having a certain thoughts and i feel that like uh, like me getting an idea of you know what like post this and you're going to get attention and people are going to feel guilty when they get such thoughts but the fact is that it is normal like everybody gets negative thought there is this uh, internal dialogue that happens later right i think that that is much more important like whatever you do in your life that should help you build up this internal dialogue system like an bot like when you type something you get an automated reply right so you need to spend a lot of time building that bot Yeah, <laughs> that's such a cute way to put it. Yes, true, <laughs> true, very true, right? And it's it's it's. Uh, I think if everybody starts to think in that way, that would that would be really much more constructive in in um, in being a, a healthy society. Don't you think so? Yeah. Right. When you say um, to, when I put a post, what what is the impact my post makes on the people around me will it will it when i put a post will it make my dance dancer friend go to her studio and dance is it adding value yeah mm-hmm. it's adding value right will it will it make a child listen to my music again right if you're working out will it make somebody to go for a walk today yeah then that's that's enough right you you yeah the intent the intent behind like what are you putting this for sometimes i put stuff so that like uh like if i have if i am doing this that means you can also do this like it's not something that's impossible so it's like yeah. that's the intent behind uh, like when i put post like this uh, outside yeah and i feel that this is not a pandemic of covid-19 i think that we, we as a generation we have an epidemic of social media like that is the biggest threat if you ask me and, and you're all of those yeah i like it yes <laughs> yes the, the, because you know i i don't know if you ever like talk to people our age or if you have people of our age around you they are mm-hmm. they always have their phone with them like because we have a heightened sense of anxiety these days like like scrolling through instagram or like opening phone it is become like a fidget like, like it's become like a fidget device so sometimes i catch myself like opening instagram because like i'm anxious just for the act of doing something oh god yeah that's so just <laughs> right something yeah. i can't relate to at all i can't relate to that i know i know that people are getting more addicted to their phones and you know i i, I am myself i am always with my phone i don't leave it around for no time uh, but for different reasons not because of instagram <laughs> but um yeah but it it is it is a problem and um of course people at least the the big the big shots out there wouldn't do anything about it because that's what they wanted right um but it has to come into 
into the value system of the society. It has to come into the education. And you know, that, that is something we, we all have to think about, consider. Technology is not at all bad. I don't think it's, it is bad. Um, but how to use it? One has to be educated on that aspect. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that becomes important. And so I think that if, if, if people become more passionate about something, let's say art or yeah. anything, right, yeah. then the chances of like they building a foundation for life is much more higher, right? Like that's where I wanted to get at, like after this uh-huh. social media uh, talk. It's that like now when I do something regularly or when I make something a priority and I keep doing it, whatever lessons I pick from there, I can apply it in my life regularly. So it's like, if I go to the gym, if I, like, if I have lift very heavy one day and then like not go to the gym for one week, that doesn't help. Like I need to lift small, small weights, like and incrementally. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, we all need as a, like as a generation, we need to find something that we find purposeful and we could do it every single day uh, because we are all distracted. Like we don't have like free time. We are just like on social media. Like I think that social media is distracting people from actually doing something with their lives. Yeah. And listen, until your, your act is social media, that could, that could be another yeah. part of it, right? You, you, your act is to be an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then, then yeah, cool. Then keep doing it. Then you will need free time from social media. Social media is not your free time, <laughs> right? Then this person is doing free time from social media. But I don't think most of us are there um, to want to be influencers or want to be. Uh, you know what? Like, even if you want to be an influencer, I still think that social media should be a medium to promote something that you're good at. That could be comedy, uh-huh. that could be fashion, yeah. that could be something yeah. like yeah. you need to work on that and put things on social media. So do you know reels in TikTok? So it's basically, oh my God, I am <laughs> like, I have to explain this to you. I'm, I'm super excited to know like what your opinion is. So on, on Instagram, uh, there is this section, it's called reels. Where you make clips which are short, like 30 to one, 30 seconds to one minute, which is, it was actually 15 seconds to 30 minutes. Now they extended it to one minute. So it's basically, there is, you enter this zone where you're seeing clips which are short and you just scroll up to see the next clip. So you can just keep scrolling and keep looking at, uh, at videos which are very, very short. Could be funny, could be like, like, could be anything. And, And our attention span is getting so small. Uh, and you should see the shit people put on. Uh, like there are these <laughs> there are these trending dances where uh, you dance a certain way to a certain music. And mm. you see that everywhere. So it's, it's become this one ecosystem of short attention span. And uh, you have to do your best to grab the attention. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I started my Instagram account, shamefully, I must admit, um, one month ago. <laughs> and I now, now I know what that reel is. Thank you for telling me because every time I wanted to post something, it asked me feed or reel. And I'm like, what is feed reel? I just want to post something and be done with it. Um, now I know what to do. 
Thank you. Now I know. Yeah, the only reason I started with my Insta account is because of of my project, and people would, you know, when I want to give away my books, they're like, "Are you on Insta?" I'm like, "Wait, so hold on a minute. I took five minutes to tell you what my book is about, what is the intent, what you get out of it, and the only question you had for me is if I have an Insta account. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything?" <laughs> That's and the resume, you know, these days. That's the currency of how they value your content. You know, I tried not to give into it, right? For a year, for one year, even Facebook. I wouldn't even put posts on Facebook. I just release my book, and then I'm like, "You come, you like it, you come and you buy it. That's it. I'm done." You know, no, that doesn't work. I learned it the very hard way. It doesn't work. It's you like have to marketing, put... like Instagram yeah, deals, right? Marketing. You need to use Instagram to uh, to sell your product. Yeah, but why does it have to be every day? <laughs> why? Mean, you know what? I think that you need, like, if you use Instagram actively, right? Let's say the reels. If you make like a like thirty seconds to one minute, less than one minute, or close to one minute, like Bharatanatyam clips, and you put things out there, I think that that's much more easier to connect with the young people. so i see a lot of people who put like really good content so i had this uh, dude his name is shredded farmer so his name is nitin jairaj and he uses like indian traditional uh, ways of working out and uh, the reason like he's growing immensely on social media because like he keeps putting like short clips of his workout so now like people are using this tool to provide right information so probably like if you feel like it you could keep putting things about bharatanatyam or like like facts or yeah. something like that there but then it again comes down to what we just spoke about right will i now dance or will i make it such that it is only one minute yeah yeah that, that, that's true i mean like you still have to like if you are interested then you can find a middle ground and yeah. like i do make like clips of the podcast like i just select like if if the podcast is lengthy i select like short clips from there and put it out there just to give people a taste of like yeah. this is what you can expect from the whole episode and yeah if like people are there then i need to use that right like wherever people are i need to use that to market and in the process we shouldn't lose the essence of uh, the art form or like what are you trying to do Yeah, I think that's a very very difficult balance to keep. Then yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think I think the the older generation was just lucky when they didn't have social media. Hmm. Yeah. I think I I wish I was in that zone. I social media really takes takes away the fun for me. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, like mental problems, you know, like <laughs> like I mean, in the sense the challenges. is mostly mental like our ancestors had a lot of physical survival problems like you yeah. know what i have just this much uh-huh. money and i have to feed my family of 25 30 yeah. <laughs> and now it's, it's the, like <laughs> yeah. no that's very rightly put you know there's a very good observation now now the kind of challenges children go through or a family goes through is very different and you talk about this to the elderly families and they're like what are you talking about there's not even a challenge but that is yeah <laughs> apparently right i mean my son um he goes for break dance classes this is a very nice example <laughs> um he goes for break dance classes and this week he was late for so he missed the first 10 minutes of his lesson now comes the bharatanatyam artist in me and talking about discipline and all that 
I'm like, dude, this is not at all cool for you, right? You can't be late for a lesson. This is not at all cool. So when you walk into that class, you better be apologetic, right? Not annoy the teacher too much and just gel into the class, okay? My son is just seven years, right? <laughs> and he's yes, yes, something. He nodded his head and he went in. He, he comes out. Now comes the fun part. So question one, was your teacher angry at you? No, she can never be angry. And I'm in my head, I'm like, ayo, this is already going wrong. <laughs> yeah. So he's not, he's not afraid of his teacher. He's not apologetic that he was late. Right. And I'm like, what, why am I even bringing him to a class? He's not learning his discipline. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then the second question. So did you, did you, did you yourself feel sorry for missing out the first 10 minutes? Because he loves his breakdowns. I know that much. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I, I tried to ask him that. And he was like, actually, good I was late. And I'm like, why, why is it good that you were late? Well, the first 10 minutes was improvisation and I don't like improvisation. <laughs> I am afraid, I'm afraid my class will laugh at me. Hmm. So that was the challenge he had. Something that I never had as a child. You know, as it, for me, in my class in my structure improvisation was fun I you know we can do any monkey business there it would be a time of laughter and joy that we all have together and not time of pointing out we would point out when you were expected to do a certain piece and you failed to do that then like I ah, see he failed you know but now in this generation, it's completely the other way around. You have to be in a certain norm. You know, men shouldn't wear pink. Whatever is that norm, you got to be in that norm. You fall out of it, somebody's laughing at you. You don't want that. That's so wrong. Yeah. Don't you think so? Yeah. You're, you're, you're just killing his creativity. You're, you're not allowing him to grow at all if you laugh. You know what? Uh, like I had this very interesting thought that don't you think that kids these days are learning to talk quickly than our yeah. like oh, like previous previous generation don't you think so it's like yeah. i think that when kids start to talk quickly right uh the like the chances that they might talk shit also increases so especially when they are in group so this whole point of you know what i need to fit into that friend circle or uh, this is a lot in school right like you're your son felt bad because he didn't want like kids of his his age to laugh at him. Yeah. And he's only seven. He's only seven. Think about it, right? He likes this. And in this bad. So I, I have to really like brainwash him through that. It's a process. Right? But I have to tell him, you, you, you don't think that way. If they laugh, it will not last long. You know, it will be over. It will be gone. But what you gain is what will last long. Yeah. Right? That experience of improvisation, that experience of creating something for yourself, and that confidence that it gives you, that will last, last long, but not that laughter. But a seven-year-old obviously doesn't get that. He doesn't want to be isolated. He doesn't want to be, you know. Yeah. So in a, way, in, in a way, it's good that he's put into such situations. So I know what to, how to deal with him. <laughs> but, but it is sad. It is sad that, you know, a child has to go through something like that. I think that's that's where the society is failing. I think that like we cannot deny the fact that that's the case. I think that parents 
like you whatever efforts that you put into like how you talk to your kids like mm. it it adds so much value because uh, now let's say if if parents give shit to the kids if they very like undermine their ability and then they go out and if like if kids are talking ill outside they start to believe that you know what something is wrong with me internally so i think that like as a parent that's such a huge responsibility yes also also just you know having phone in my hand is such a wrong thing as a parent if you think about it right okay now he's 7 he's not going to get a phone but in i don't know 8 years from now 6 years from now hell he's going to get a phone right and he's going to behave exactly the way i behave today yeah if i have my phone with me all the time if i am on the maybe the purpose that i am on my phone is very different from what it will be for him <laughs> but nonetheless I'm on my phone. Parenting that, that, is very subjective, right? Like it's how you're gonna parent your kids. You, it is your way. Like you can just pick certain elements from your parents, but it's entirely impromptu. Like it's your. Yeah, I think I strongly believe that parenting is something that cannot be taught. Yeah. You have several books on parenting. I have not read one also, so maybe I'm the wrongest person to talk about this. But I strong, I still strongly believe. parenting is something you can't be thought about but i'd put all my chips on your parenting than somebody who read parenting books is because, <laughs> because no 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 because you derive your principles from an art form which is bigger than yourself so i'm i've been trying to connect dots throughout this podcast to like how we can take back things to the art form so let's say all the disciplines all the principles that you learned from your art form you're 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 giving that down you're passing that down to your kids definitely yeah the just the fact that i wanted to see if that teacher fixed him from the discipline aspect is coming because i was yeah trained that right and i want him to have that yeah. respect for teacher being disciplined you know that that feeling of having lost knowledge for because you were 10 minutes late that that thirst for knowledge i think that is so important if 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 it and it would happen for me in my classes right um when the teacher is teaching you right you learn a lot from seeing right and if teacher is doing krishnani begane baro her expression when you see her you learn so much more than when you learn it from your peer and if i'm late i'm losing i'm losing that episode where i can watch my teacher do it mm. i'm losing knowledge that's that's how i used to take my classes i can't be late i'm going to lose that right and that's i think that's that's what i try to see in my son <laughs> if if he feels if he has that feeling of losing out on something just because he's been late and it yeah if you have to connect dots i think it comes back to that so yeah. actually um, i remember i remember when my parents were um, you know you know how it is with, with with indian society and you know um at least back then at least from the surrounding that i was coming from um it was a big question if i should be allowed to do my phd in science right because i'm a girl i will be married into a certain family at certain point in time and being the girl i cannot be 
um, I cannot be educated more than the man counterpart, right? So if I do a PhD, I can't be married to a, a boy who's done a master's. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because then that, that would be ego, man ego, and this, that. So don't educate the boy, but stop the girl from doing a PhD. That was the mindset. Okay, forget about that part, right? So, and my parents, they were, they are very broad-minded, right? It was never a question for them, but they were also, they were also sensitive about the society around them. Let's put it that way. So they always gave provision to what the society said. And nonetheless, they would make a choice, but they gave, they gave that provision to understand how the society is. And so the, this was a discussion and there was one, very wise, very wise elderly man who said, even if she, even if she does her PhD, even if she does her Bharatanatyam, whatever path she takes, yeah, she gets to the brink of it. And after all that, even if she's just a mother, just in double quotes, just sitting at home and being a mother, just because she has done that PhD and the Bharatanatyam, she will be a very good mother. You know where this is coming to. It's about, it's not about getting the job. It is not about becoming famous. It is not about getting a name for your family, for yourself or whoever, whatever. But to pass on a very good value to the next generation. That is what is paramount. And whatever, how much ever you can, you feed into that ability. And you've done, you've done it for your society, right? And I was, I was very young back then, but then what he, he told my parents, that struck a very strong chord in me, right? Where I said, he is so right in what he said. It doesn't matter. I do a PhD, I become a scientist, doesn't matter. But what does matter is how much of all of that wisdom, knowledge, whatever I get from there, how much of that will I actually pass on to my children? And how much value I put into that passing on. That is what is important. Yeah, that's really profound. That's very profound. And, you know, that's when he said something like that, my parents were like, okay. We got our answer, <laughs> right? We got our answer. She has, she can do what she wants and she has to do it because only then will she be a better mother from what she can be, right? And so it, it comes back, it comes back to, you know, art and how it feeds into not just your personal development, but to the value system of your family, of the society, Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's giving in. It goes in again. That's and exactly what I was going to say next. It's yeah. basically what value you're creating to this world, you know, like people around you. Like, are you adding value or are you not adding value? And mm -hmm. I think that for people to add value, they need to grow, right? Like they need to grow if they want to be valuable for themselves, if they want to create value for, let's say, their family, they need to yeah. grow. And it's very easy and it's to perceive growth 
if you are passionate about some or the other thing let's let's say it could be dance or could be anything it's much more easier to to see growth and gauge growth and to get metrics uh to how to evaluate growth and apply it it on your lives right so yes yes that 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 is definitely definitely but i yeah i i don't know how many people actually um think about it that way right <laughs> i'm 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 so glad we are talking about it now because i i don't know i've i've seldom interacted with with people who who have that same kind of a wavelength actually yeah. um i don't know i don't know where we go wrong in 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 doing in, i think uh, that yeah. uh, the the same is why your son didn't want to do the impromptu dance right the first yeah. few minutes the uh, same reason yeah. why not a lot of people are doing something so i have oh. few friends of mine who are re- like amazing singers and yeah. like they don't put content out there for them social media could be a really good tool because they don't have to pay yeah. for anything it's just free to showcase your talent and yeah. they are so self critical about what they're doing if they're doing it right or if they're not doing it right because it's so much more easier like somebody can just drop a comment saying you know what you suck you shouldn't do yeah. this and you're done for it yeah. yeah and like they have come out of their shell they put in so much effort into putting something out there so it's very very hard and like anybody who's around me like my friends they want to do something i make sure that i put in a lot of efforts into pushing them towards doing that yeah so yeah i think that like you need to associate yourself with people who promote growth like that's one thing that i keep saying on my podcast repeatedly for sure for sure that's uh, you know it's like a it's like a fruit basket you know if if even one fruit is spoiled all the fruits will get spoiled right so you got to be in a fruit basket where no none of those fruits are spoiled yeah <laughs> yeah then you are you are also a good fruit in that basket so even if one person around you even one small person around you has anything negative anything critical that's not going to aid in your growth so you got to be selective see for for me when i was growing up it was it was still a smaller society we didn't have social media it was still a smaller society so we had the we had the chance to grow into a bigger society we had the time but my children don't have that time right It's just one like tap that, away yeah yeah how some people are watching you just like that the world can watch you second so you say post or send or whatever the world can watch you <laughs> that's insane that's insane and uh, yeah i i pity i pity the the generation that's coming up um for this reason but like we all learned you know there's a challenge there is there needs to be survival so the kids will also learn i think yeah yeah or learn to become um uh how how should i put it learn to to take the good aspects of it and let go if somebody is giving a wrong comment not to be affected with that hmm. it's when you focus on your growth like when you focus on your growth you know if you're growing or if you're not and like all that matters like your life your mental health your uh, like physical health your growth into whatever you are passionate about that becomes the most like that becomes a priority in your life yes that has to be the priority 
Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> this was so fun. I am that's, glad that's you decided to do this. <laughs> yeah, thanks thanks to you. Thanks to you very much. Um I mean like you said, you know, impromptu talking is um it is really it picks it dwells into topics that you would probably not have spoken about or thought about. Yeah. So that's that's a very good very good approach. I would say that's my experience from the last I don't know our whatever. But uh, you know I think that's that's a very good take on it. So you should you should do this. You should really do this for a longer you. time. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for making me a part of it. You know, right? this is one thing that I learned from uh in my very first episode. This is 37th episode. In my very <laughs> first episode, uh I had this one friend of mine who 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 direct plays and like he's a director. He's is pursuing acting and all of that. So in that we were trying to define what acting is. and mm. in that i said that like acting is not acting it's you reacting so let's say if somebody <laughs> says something to you whatever your acting is your reaction to that dialogue is your reaction to that statement and mm. i picked that thing and i applied it in the podcast it's basically for me to do for me to have better conversations that means i need to react properly for me to react i need to listen so yeah. like this is one thing that has been like the core of all the podcast like every time i bring guests <laughs> that that's awesome i think that's it's a very nice uh, approach to take and it's um, you know it it breaks the norms of you know following a certain set of questions or um, having it directed to come out with a certain specific message and you know it's it's a It's an experience, and and thank you, thank you so much for giving me that experience. It was thank super enjoyable. Yeah. I am so flattered that you said that. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Like, I am sure that I'm gonna have you back. Let's let's do this again, probably <laughs> after like a couple of months, like one year or something, and let's let's see sure. where we are. <laughs> Actually I wanted to tell you even if not for a podcast let's just talk sometime again. Yes, yes. you can right. you have my contact number I am up yeah. for any sort of conversation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I made a friend through this podcast. So Same here. Same here. And uh, thank you very much for doing whatever you're doing. I I hope it can reach many more people and many more people would be um able to converse with you and share their experiences just uh, like we did. <laughs> That's so sweet of you to say that. A Sankarshan Joshi trip.